Hello and welcome to the Romance Readers Seeking Bestsellers podcast. I'm Izzy. And I'm Becca. We invite best-selling authors onto the show and get to know them and their best-selling author journey. But also, they bring a book that they've read and loved, written by a not-yet-best-selling author that they think should be a bestseller. They've shared the book with us before they've come onto the show, so we've read the book as well, and together we'll review it. If you like the show, we'd love it if you would follow the show wherever you're grabbing it from and leave a review. Tell your reader friends about it and share the show on social media. You can also support us on Patreon. When you become a patron of the show, you'll get early access to episodes, bonus content, exclusive giveaways, online parties, and so much more. And coming soon, we'll be offering grants and scholarships to future bestsellers. And now, and now on, on to the, to the show. show. Three, two, one, hey, romance readers. This episode has been brought to you in part by Amanda Shelley. Thanks so much, Amanda. Now, readers, have you ever gone on vacation and found someone you really clicked with only to have them disappear the next morning without a word? Well, that's exactly what happens to Davis when he finally takes a break from his tedious hours at the hospital. Check out this book's jacket. Davis is the first guy to catch my attention since, hell, I don't even know. Instantly, he makes me think and feel things I forgot existed. It had been forever since I put my needs first, so I took a chance and let him light me up from the inside out. Little did I know, one night with him would ruin me for all others. But then I got the dreaded call. I rushed out without a second glance, knowing I'd likely never see him again. My son will always come first. Always. Imagine my surprise when Davis walks in, and I find he's the only one who can save my boy. This cannot be happening. I guess I need to pull up my big girl panties and see what happens. Find out what happens when Davis and Tegan run into each other at the last place either would ever expect in He Saved My Boy. Amanda Shelley writes romantic stories you can escape into. Some are steamy, others are sweet, but all have strong characters with a little bit of sass. We'll have Amanda's links and the link for He Saved My Boy, a bold single mom hot doctor vacation romance available in both ebook and audio formats. Grab the ebook for free October 19th to the 23rd, 2022. And if you've missed the sale, you can still grab it for free if you're a KU subscriber. And now, Sky Warren. Right, all right. We are so excited today. Today, we have an incredibly special guest. I adore this woman for so many reasons. Um, both for what she writes and what she does. We have Sky Warren here. She is a master of dark romances. She's written more than 50 novels and novellas, most of which I think are bestsellers. Um, and almost all of her books are also in audio. Um, she is just filled to the brim with innovative hustle. She has a big heart and it's giant enough to share information with anyone who asks. She's in fact created an entire conference, RAM, which is Romance Authors Mastermind, and it's dedicated to helping authors reach the next level in their author career, which is why we had to have her on the show, because that's our mission too. So welcome, Sky! Hi, thank you so much for having me, Isabel and Becca. I am so excited to be here. We're kicking off a really fun podcast, and I get to talk about my favorite thing, which is actually books. It's like, it's Kind of, sort of, sometimes Facebook ads. Okay, to be fair, my actual favorite <laughs> thing is puppies, but then, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> well, probably sure. <laughs> totally understandable. <laughs> so, so, so if somebody's new to your books, Sky, you are the master of dark romance. So, how would you describe your work? So what I like to use is a term that I've coined called dangerous romance, which I use because it's sort of like the opposite of what people would consider safe. Um, it's going to push the boundaries a little bit. That's to me, like, that's what I find exciting about books is pushing boundaries, trying something that is new for me as an artist, like as a writer, and also like having that forbidden element. I also like an element of danger and suspense. So, um, so for all of those reasons, I like to call my books dangerous romance. Uh, I, I do write dark. I have dark books and that's, that's kind of where I started and how I was like originally branded. Uh, but then what happened in it, and the funny thing is when I started, there really wasn't a dark romance genre. Actually, the term didn't even exist when I started writing it. Um, we called it dark erotica back then, but, um, the, the thing is that it, it grew, it, it's, you know, exploded in part because of self-publishing because, you know, publishers were not interested in publishing that type of content. And so now that self-publishing is there, people are like able to get whatever they're able to write what they want and read what they want. Um, but it's exploded to the extent that my books are really no longer considered dark because, <laughs> because there's so much darker stuff out there, but, sure. and, but I'm really comfortable with where I'm at and, and, and it's, you know, what I love to write and read. So. I love that term dangerous because as somebody who has been reading for, you know, the past 10 years, since the industry has really exploded, dark just didn't really appeal to me, but dangerous does. Yeah, <laughs> and so know, I, I think actually, people that would be afraid to read dark, if, it, if you said it was a dangerous romance, then they might be a little bit more to grab that book. Yeah. The funny thing is I actually got that term from someone who um, we I was on this dark romance panel at um, RT, which was a book event that doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, um, it, for some reason, like, I mean, I think it, it really was like, it was many years ago and it really was one of the first times that like dark romance was used in sort of this professional setting where, where like these sort of people were actually talking about it. People, there were some <laughs> articles written about it and that was fine. And some of them were actually really cool, um, you know, and, and positive and supportive and everything. But one, just, uh, you know, describe the books as being dangerous, like in a negative way. And that was actually when I really, was like, they are dangerous. Yes. I like that. You know? <laughs> um, when did you get started? Um, so I published my first book at the end of uh, 2011. Okay. Yeah. So I and passed my 10 year publish anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. What Did you do anything fun for that? Uh, no, I just was like, I just said it. And then my family was very unimpressed because they've been here this whole time. And they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair. How did you start writing? Uh, well, I was actually my previous life before writing, I was a software developer. So oh. um, very that's well. what my son does now. <laughs> what did you say? My son does that now. Oh, yes. Very yeah. cool. And so uh and I really, um, I did love parts of it and I actually never dreamed of being a writer, but, um, I love books, um, but I hadn't discovered the romance genre yet for various reasons. Um, I mean, primarily the fact that it's usually like actually hidden. And so one of the things I love about the romance genre is that it's so often passed down, um, from mothers to daughters or from sisters to sisters to be from best friend to best friend. And it's very, it's, it is like a very organic genre 
among women that we share about like, this is a book about even dark romance, even dangerous mm. romance. These are books about women empowerment. These are books about um, yeah. female pleasure, which is something we don't see in mainstream media. And so even though for the most part, um, we consider ourselves like a progressive society, we can't, you know, things like sex aren't as, we think they aren't as taboo. And yet still these kinds of content have to be secretly sort of like passed down in this way um, because they, they can't reach the mainstream channels. Because and also the, the advent of the digital book too certainly makes it a lot more accessible yeah, so and, my son was and hideable my, if you need to. My, my husband got me uh, my first Kindle and then I was able to discover the romance genre and just consumed it voraciously and decided that I would, I would, um, I mean, I knew right then that I would always read it. And they were kind of some of the stories that were in my head that I just never thought to write down because I thought that no one would want, would want to read them. And even when I did mm -hmm. start writing them down, I thought no one would want to read them. And when I published for the first time, I thought if even one person wants to read this, then it will be worth publishing it. Yeah. So, so, so what's that first book that you hit bestseller with? And you know, how did, how did that all come about? So it depends on how you're defining bestseller. How uh, like you first, identify it. Yeah. Yeah. So my first few books, um, like, I mean, were very quiet. Like they had a very organic sort of, um, you know, rolling ball with them, you know, gathering momentum kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I feel like my breakout book where people started to actually know me was a book called Wanderlust. And for every one of my books, I start to feel like um, as we get closer to the release date that I should just shove it under a, um, yeah, under like the sofa or something. Into a dark place, into um, a dark place. Pull it out. No one needs to read it. And um, I really felt like this, I felt strongly for this book because it actually really was darker. And, um, and but I didn't. And, but weirdly, I mean, I didn't do anything for it. Um, like I did even less than I had done for the previous book, but it took off on a life of its own um, because I think that books can do that. And that is a very beautiful thing. And even for someone now who loves um, marketing actually and enjoys that part of it and likes the opportunities that that gives to authors there is something very special about when a book takes on a life of its own there you go where were you so that what was that for the that first time you hit bestseller what list was it on and and where were you where when what um were you doing? so so wanderlust didn't actually so that's kind of I was like I was like how did you okay actually yeah. just did good, like in the kindle store basically um, that was kind of how my first book that hit the USA Today list that wasn't an anthology was the first like full-time, I mean, sorry, full price new release was deep. Okay. And that hit a couple of times as well. And then I had learned Facebook ads, but it all, it was like a combo, uh, because I had done Facebook ads for like maybe, I don't know, a year before that release. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, but those books hadn't hit and this book, it didn't just hit once it hit three weeks in a row. So wow. three times, um, three, three times. weeks, you know, and, um, I, yeah, I mean, and so I, it, I think that you do kind of need both to, you know, for, for a book to really, um, I use the term float, like for a book to float like that, like it's mm -hmm. usually the marketing because when Wanderlust hit, I didn't really have any marketing behind it. So it mm -hmm. kind of did its own thing. And then tapered off, you know, with, with no way, really way to do anything else. And so Deep was huge for me because it, uh, because it, you know, it went so high and it went for so long. And, and that was just the combined efforts of it being kind of a special book. And, um, and as much as like we personally, as authors love every mm -hmm. single book, sometimes books are just, just hit better with readers. And, and right. that was one of them. 
Yeah. Yeah. I got to figure out the marketing piece. I'm like not good at that at all. <laughs> it's, One of the, it's on it's my to-do What was that? It's hard. It's hard. And it's scary. So where was I? Uh, while Wanderlust, you know what? Both for when Wanderlust was taking off and when Deep was taking off, those were both like next level books for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just at my computer, you know, like it, I really watched it happen in real time. Oh. And and especially because the thing is, I feel like deep, I really made that happen. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like with marketing, like it, you really put it in the work. When, and then with the pawn in the night, which was kind of my next level after that, same thing. Uh, but even Wanderlust, where I said to you, like it kind of took off on its own, mm-hmm. kind of didn't. It kind of did and it kind of didn't. Because what I had done is I had over, um, I don't even know, like the year that I'd been publishing had this um, developed like a relationship with this um, at the time, the major book influencers were bloggers. And she was kind enough to read that book. And I had been, and in fact, the funny thing is I I knew I was like, if she reads this book and she likes it, like it's, it's made, you know, Mm -hmm. I knew that already. Um, So I sent it to her and then she was like, I'm in the mood for something dark. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so perfect. Um, And I was all hyped up for it. And then she read a different book. Oh no. And I was like, um, but she didn't really like it. And so I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, okay. She, so she's primed, you know, she's, she, the craving was not satisfied. Gotcha. <laughs> and so I don't even remember if I like left a comment or if I like reached out to her or maybe I didn't do anything, but I, um, I was watching very carefully because I was like, this might happen. Mm-hmm. And then and then she did read it and review it and she loved it. And that's what kicked off the whole thing. And then a lot of other people found So it. you were sitting in front of your computer watching the numbers tick. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So exciting. Yeah, that would be me too. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I still watch every day. I'm you just still like do? waiting for about? the one to like, just like, <laughs> we're going to take a oh. quick break. We're going to take a sponsor break and then we'll be right back. Nicholas, just in time. FBI Special Agent Nick Carter was raised by a family of protectors. Honor and justice was bred into his DNA. The director tells me you were the top of your graduating class. We have a new case. One serial killer has eluded Nick for over four years. Only one person has survived an encounter with the butcher. Local law enforcement has requested our help due to the brutality of the kill. Lauren Marshall, 24, single, worked as a book publicist. Her body was found in a parking lot less than a block away. The butcher is back. Good morning, Meadow. It's such a shame. You were such a beautiful girl. I mean, you still are, even with the scar on your face. Bitch. If Nick can help Meadow Holiday remember the night that changed her forever... If they can stop this crazed lunatic from striking on the 7th of each month, they might stop the killer from coming back to finish what they started. You think because you're so pretty you can have whatever you want? Take and take. Steal what doesn't belong to you. I don't. I promise. I didn't steal anything. Please don't. First, you are beautiful. 
I stopped to touch the side of her face, a feather-like trace of her scar. This doesn't make you any less so. You are strong, and I don't care how long it took you, you did it. You pulled yourself together and survived. I'm sorry this is happening, but I'll make sure you're safe. You better be real, Special Agent Nick Clark, because if you're not, my life is one big nightmare. From USA Today, best-selling author Riley Edwards. Saving Meadow, a sexy FBI thriller suspense romance narrated by Troy Duran and Devin Grace. All right, welcome back. Now that we know a little bit more about you and your work and your journey, uh, one of the things that we asked for you to do was to bring us a book from an author that you really think more people should be reading, and you think uh, that that book should be a bestseller in romance, and so what book did you bring for us today? So the book that I wanted to share with you guys is called Taunt by Eve Dangerfield, and I discovered, I actually don't even know how I discovered this book. It was very random. I think it was one of those things where, you know, you're on Amazon and you're just like clicking through also bots. Yeah. And you, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is it's, it's one of those genre bending books and sure. it's, it's, it's hard to describe because of that, mm-hmm. but it is also one of those super inspired books where you're like, I wouldn't change a thing, you know, um, it would, it would diminish the book to try to shove it you know, into all the way into one side or all the way into this other side. Uh, So what it feels like when you're reading it is just sort of what I would call dangerous contemporary romance. Yeah. That's what it actually just feels like and Mm -hmm. what it reads like. Uh, There are elements, there are light elements of paranormal and light elements of apocalyptic romance. Um, So I would almost call it, if you're familiar with like magical realism, I would call it Mm -hmm. that because they don't play a major, major role in the plot. Um, but they are there and they are relevant. So, um, and when I read this book, I was really blown away. I mean, from the first pages, I was blown away um, Mm -hmm. for so many reasons. I mean, for one thing, her writing is just on point, like Mm -hmm. which you could just feel it. It's different when you're reading something and it's sharp and every sentence is thought out and you're just being swept into this place. Mm -hmm. So that definitely struck me. The other thing that struck me is that because, so I've always loved complex difficult or otherwise known as unlikable heroines. Mm-hmm. I like to write them. I like to read them. Um, and it has been kind of a journey in my um, career, my writing career, to figure out how to make the heroines that I love more relatable mm-hmm. and, you know, quote, likable to readers, but also to find the line where I'm like, but I won't go that far. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> that would change who they are. So um, like how more like how can I show the motivations of this person and the background of this person so that their actions do make sense to people mm-hmm. um, but this book starts with this um, the heroine whose actress's name is Daniel which is a boy's name but it's a girl uh, she go she is um, well, would you like me I can read the book description shall I oh, do that sure. sure okay cool I got this queued up right here And here we go. So here's the book description for Taunt by Eve Dangerfield. Abducted, abused, and now under constant watch by three gorgeous soldiers. Soldiers. (laughs) She'll stop at nothing to earn her freedom. Daniel Schwartz is a free-spirited, independent woman living her life however she pleases, until she accidentally uncovers the world is about to end. 
The now, oh, now the eco-terrorist is imprisoned by a shadowy organization trying to make her talk. Locked in a beachside mansion, the only upside Daniel can see to imprisonment is that the private security guards hired to keep her under control and constant surveillance are all incredibly sexy. As the apocalypse approaches, each man becomes increasingly drawn to the weird, pop-obsessed Daniel and she to them. How is a girl supposed to choose between three gorgeous ex-paramilitary men? And does she even really want to escape this menage a quatre? Taunt is a heart-stopping erotic thriller from critically acclaimed author Eve Dangerfield. So there we go. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So Daniel uh, is a very strong character. Like, not only is she, you know, it's like a strong person, but she is just a very fleshed out, like three-dimensional character. Like you would sure. remember Daniel after reading her. Um, she seems like, um, despite the very strange parts of her personality, she seems like a real person that you would know. And personally speaking, I like and want to be friends with, um, but she does things that are considered, you know, sort of like not acceptable in the romance world. And um, like, she likes to sleep with a lot of guys, like for one thing, like that's just how, I mean, we don't see that yeah. on the page, but it starts off with that. Like, yeah, I just, I like to do that. Yeah. She has a lot well, of I think, I think that was actually quite there. That was there. Was it? it? Was on the page. I yeah. probably haven't read the beginning of the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be in a while. Um, and she does a lot of drugs, and she's specifically doing them more because of this thing that has just happened. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure she's like actually lives her life like that all the time, but she's also not unfamiliar with them. And, and she's also chemically, like DNA wise, she's, I would say, not your standard human walking the earth. <laughs> I mean, she is, but she has some, um, makeup about her that is not quite well, she has a, a typical uh something in particular where she can't feel pain right and so that also shapes her experiences and her and her, her uh, ability to tolerate alcohol is, oh is right, right. Than that's most. partly why i think she does so much is that because right. she metabolizes it so quickly that it's right like <laughs> um but yeah um so yeah, I know I love I love her. She's just it was just so interesting, you know. Um mm -hmm. and for me, like refreshing. And I was just very curious to see where it would go. And you know, where it went is to this sort of like captivity romance with a twist, which is that ultimately these are good, mostly good guys. They're like right. doing this mercenary job um to like build up their security firm. And this you know moral gray area I mean it is a morally gray area right like she there's a there's sure. a lot of exploring those gray edges which is what I like about a lot of books and what I love about this book in particular mm -hmm. because it's not as black and white as they're bad guys and she's good um like she has this um environmental you know like quote terrorism um behind her but it's 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 like intense activism I would really call it more than terrorism right. but anyway um she um, she does have that, that sometimes crosses the bounds into Ill illegal, therefore is like, is it really wrong of them? But it's also not completely right of them. So they're all walking in these gray areas, which I like because to me, that's interesting. And well, that's me, life too. I think we're all approached. Well, you know, we all face things. Exactly. Like, I mean, that's, that's just, that's just, um, to me, I think that's why we read, right? Like, um, I, James Scott Bell writes, is an author who also writes about writing. And one of the things mm -hmm. he says is that every story is about death. And that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. So 
of course, when I'm writing a book with suspense in it, then it's about death. But even when it's not about that, it's about emotional death, death, or about like a professional death, or like we're always, they're facing that in every single book, like every single book, even the most lighthearted rom-com. And so, um, and so, and the reason why we read is to figure out our own, um, basically strategies for life and to figure out what we want, where we would draw the line in that situation. So when we say, oh, I would do it just like this character. Okay, fine. But when we say, oh, I wouldn't do it like that character, we're still learning more about ourselves. And that's why we read. Right. Yes, exactly. And no, for sure. This And this book, like it's when it first started, I did had all these questions. You should see how many notes are in my Kindle <laughs> with this. Like what, why? And then readers so when you're reading this just no questions be, are answered <laughs> there's things that like that doesn't really make all that sense and I'm going okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it and then you get to the part and you're like oh yep totally makes sense and so it that's that was for me I think the most fun part of this um of this book because it's not the genre I typically read so for me it was a lot of fun to explore that um and yeah so <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, have, I, I mean, I think that's, what's great about a well-crafted book. And like, most often we see that kind of thing in like a murder mystery or a thriller where mm-hmm. you're like, who right. did it? And then it's just kind of a surprise at the end, but like, but it also perfectly makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But to see that coming out in this, you know, primarily contemporary romance with some suspense elements with, you know, with this, like a lot of hot sex as well. It's just a like, lot of hot sex. <laughs> I love that. I love all of that together in one big package. Yeah. Like I mm-hmm. love reading semi contemporary romance and erotic romance, um, and I also separately love actually suspense novels. In fact, like it's probably my, especially now that I write a lot, you know, like that that's my profession mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a busman's holiday when I'm reading contemporary romance. You know, like it's hard for me to actually detach, um, sure. but I can do that in romantic suspense easier. So, um, so for fun, I like I mostly read romantic suspense. So to have that all in one great package that is so well-crafted was, was just, it was a lot of fun and it was a surprise. Yeah, no, that's great. And this book originally came out in 2016. Is that right? I think so. And yeah, then yeah. it's recently re-released with a new cover in June, it looks like. So yeah, super duper fun time. And I would give it a recommend for May <laughs> for sure. Now that we've um, talked so, about all that, what's up next for you, Sky? What do you have in in process? What are you working on? So what was really interesting is um, that I, 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 you know, I mean, I think the whole journey of being a writer is just exploring new lands, mm-hmm. and um, I, it, in a way, I like know that it would be more profitable if I could nail a certain formula and, and bang it out in every single book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just would lose interest and I can't do it basically. So yeah. I start, so, so I kind of bounce around on the darkness scale, which is why I don't really use that word anymore to describe my books. I use the word dangerous, but actually my le- my current series that I'm working on, I released one for the money and two for the show mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, three to get ready is coming out. Uh, okay. so that's a trilogy. And in a way it's one of the lightest books I've ever written. I mean, there's, there's no suspense element at all. Okay. Um, but, and so it's like a billionaire romance with an heiress and that all seems sort of light and fluffy, but in another way, it's also one of the darkest books I've ever 
writ written in the in the respect that he, um, because of um, uh, early onset dementia that his his father had and that his father had and that his father had, calls oh. it the Hughes family curse. It's a very big secret because they're a big wealthy family like the Vanderbilts and everything. And he is sure that he is cursed as well, like like everyone before him. And so he is never going to. Get, you know, get, fall in love, get married, have a children, have children. He's never going to do those things because he knows, first of all, that he only has a few years left, even though he's like mm -hmm. a relatively young guy. Um, mm -hmm. He knows the pain of watching his father go through that and also watching his mother sort of like dissociate and try to live her life after that, you know, experience where, and, and he would also not want to pass that, like have a child and pass mm -hmm. that on to them. Sure. Um, sure. So you're, you know, watching this relatively sweet Sweet and steamy, of course, because it's still <laughs> of course. Uh, sweet and steamy uh, relationship develop. And the thing is, like the first time, you know, maybe like in chapter two of book one, you're like, they're perfect for each other, you know? Um, but every story is about conflict. It's not about, you know, it's not about getting along. It's about for sure. And the conflict <laughs> is that they can't be together because even if he gets over everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is not a big, which is not a small thing. Like it's, it's not going to happen. That's right. It's sure. never going to happen. But, but um, even if you were to do that, what is an HEA? Like, it's, it's like, it brings up the question of what does happily ever after mean? Right. Sure. Because sure. Yeah. If, if he thinks that in, you know, six years, he's going to forget that she ever existed and, and then she would be left sort of taking care of this man mm -hmm. child is how he would view it right. for the next 20 or 30 years and be alone you know, where she, where he feels like she would just follow the duty rather than living her own life, rather than finding someone else to love, et cetera. Like, is that HEA? Right. Yeah. So, right. That, yeah. so that is why I said, like, it's one of the lightest books I've ever written, but it's also like one of the darkest, the, right? Yeah. But I think every book has to have that to me. Like it has to have that conflict and that those questions that you have to pose to your soul, you know? So so it's gut-wrenching <laughs> yeah and real I mean we yeah I know several well, people in that hot, right you know <laughs> and also right well and, yeah, yeah the, and, and there is that whole mystery of you know will I or won't I with Alzheimer's my family certainly struggles with that as well I mean my mother's already put into a place where she's going to go if what if and when she is um if she's struck with with Alzheimer's and it's like I hate that feeling and she's like planned it out which I'm grateful for but then at the same time terrified so like I'm like right with you on this and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think a lot of people can relate to that because they they have those kind of situations in their life I mean and, yeah and even yeah. if it's not Alzheimer's some other it's some other kind right, of right, thing right, that's right. happening so you're you have number three coming out and uh three to get three to three to go is that three what to get ready Three three, right, it would be four to go if there was a fourth book, but there's, <laughs> there's only three. <laughs> it's a trilogy. And um, that one comes out when? Um, what's funny is I can't, I think it's January actually. Okay. I'll, I'll go with January without looking at it. <laughs> it's two for the show. So just be Start. on the lookout. One for the money, two for the show. Right. Are two out. for the show came out three weeks ago now? Yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So got my, I've had my, I've had those emails coming into my inbox, so. I totally, totally know. <laughs> All right. Well, that is so exciting. And uh, any uh, updates with, with Ram and stuff like that that you would want to share or not yet? Uh, so yeah, Romance Author Mastermind is an event that I hold for authors. And 
if you're not an author, you know, you can just imagine it's like a little bit of an isolating profession. We don't necessarily have, um, we do have some organizations, but it's just, it's very hard because we're so split up. In fact, I'm actually coming out with a nonfiction book called The Best-Selling Author Next Door because, and the title is because I think so many of us are just literally next door, right? We're just Mm -hmm. living our lives in a very ordinary way. Um, You know, I kind of, you guys asked about my 10-year published anniversary and, you know, and I'm kind of like, oh, okay, guys, I hit the USA Today list. And, you know, my husband and my son will be like, cool, what's for dinner? You know, (laughs) they can care less. You know, and um, until this past year, actually, my in-laws thought I was a um, stay-at-home mom. And we told them I was a writer, that I was an author, and I had published books. But they assumed that that meant it was a hobby and that I was really a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Um, And that was fine. Like, we didn't really correct them. Um, They they didn't. And then then at some point, my husband quit his job and didn't immediately get another one. And then they were like, well, how are you? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, no, no, it's like a real thing. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's priceless. So yeah, so that's, I mean, that's part of why we, that's, that is one of the reasons we actually love to go to book signings in addition to meeting readers, but it's also, you know, why Romance Author Mastermind is great. You know, and there's the learning aspect for sure, but. There's so much to learn and this mm-hmm. is, and you learn it and next year it's all different. <laughs> Not yeah, all, but there's, yeah. tra- you know, there's always, it's a evolving industry that yes. you are always having to learn the newest things and try to at least get yourself seen and to be able to so yeah yeah uh, things like masterminds are great for authors is high but I also feel like at least maybe it's uh, the way I came in but I came in right really before like social media at pay-per-click ads came to be huge right. well before TikTok before Amazon ads well before any of that so it was very very limited what you could do so there right, was less right. to learn, but there was also, so mm-hmm. that makes it seem easier, but there was also less you could actually do. Right. Um, right. Like even my success, you know, was me, it still was me finding an influencer, which was nice. And then just crossing my fingers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like authors are more empowered than ever, which does translate also to having a lot to learn and a lot to do and, you know, and a lot of choices to make. Um, mm-hmm. But personally, I would choose the empowered any day. For sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one like one last thing that we like to do here are some uh, rapid fire questions. So, I have our little bag. Normally, when I'm at home, uh, they're in a giant martini glass, but um, I had to travel with them, <laughs> so they're in a little bag, and I'm going to pour them into this bucket here, and we will pick five questions. Number one, are you ready for this guy? Yes, I am ready. Okay, are you a neatnik or um, messy? I would just pan and show you the disaster that is my <laughs> Very that's good. Funny. Well, at least your books are orderly and that's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? And we are an explicit podcast, so let her rip. Oh, my favorite. Oh. And it could be made up too. I don't care. You know, I'm just a classic. I'm a classic girl and I like a good fuck, you know? Right on. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. You always go back to the OG. <laughs> it works. And I don't know if you've ever listened to or watched, um, but there's the history of curse words hosted by Nick Cage on Netflix. Fucking fantabulous. And they're one the whole episode is all about the word fuck. And they have like this most adorable librarian girl 
and she just woman she's not a girl she's a woman and just to watch her say the word fuck repeatedly is so worth it so anyway <laughs> go watch go watch that one if you haven't <laughs> what do you own too much of too many dogs i have five. Oh wow <laughs> that's a lot of dogs what kind of dogs are they um they're they're all much except the puppy we just got which is mostly for my son which is a shaving new puppy oh okay and how is it to walk five dogs? I have one 10 pound dog and she's not easy to walk always. You absolutely do not walk them together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You have separate walks. <laughs> it's taking turns. <laughs> so we're one, two, three, and four is where do you see yourself in 10 years? Napping on a couch with my puppies. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer and last one they're tangled okay do you have any tattoos i don't which i'm <laughs> kind of sad about you know i have i have some ideas obviously i want like an a quill pen okay. that says oh, yeah. um happily or once upon a time i want that and I also want like a line drawing of Medusa with her, you know, snake hair. Yeah. yeah. Like I woke up like this. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> I actually was, so I was walking down Oliver Plunkett street. So those of you who are familiar with Cork, Ireland will know that place. Um, there was a guy sitting there with a big sign that said tattoos walk in. And I said the I took a photo and I sent it to my husband. I was like, should I do it? And he goes, it'd be one hell of a, of a memento from Cork. <laughs> yeah, um, Jillian Stein, who, um, someone else maybe, who does A Thousand One Dark Nights. Anyway, she she has a tattoo. Like she'll get, oh, I think um, Jay Kenner as well. They'll get like a tattoo symbolic of every like city that they go to. Like a little, wow. little one. Yeah, you know? little tiny ones. Yeah. I, I was thinking I could get like a visa stamp every time I went somewhere, just get a new visa stamp from that place. Uh, <laughs> But I want to travel too much. I am like, I, I don't, I don't think I have that much skin. There's a guy on TikTok that he's, he holds the world's rec record for the most celebrity, ce celebrity signatures on his back. He has like <gasps> 270 people who have signed his back and then he's gotten them tattooed onto his back. Wow. <laughs> it's like the most amazing and crazy thing. But yeah. Everybody got <laughs> their something. <laughs> Well, Sky, this has been an absolute delight, and we are going to, for listeners listening, we are going to be recording something with her uh, to put up on our Patreon page, so be sure to join us on Patreon, become a patron, and um, you'll get access to that and help make other author dreams come true with the grant we'll be offering coming soon, and any parting words from anyone? No, just thank thanks you. you guys so much for having me. I love your mission to oh. help authors and help um, readers discover their discover. favorite books. Yes. Well, you know, so somebody has to talk here. about the books that everybody else isn't talking about. So yeah. that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sky, for thanks, joining Sky. us. Thank you. Be sure to check out Skywarn's books as well as Eve Dangerfield's books and all of their links can be found in our show notes. You can also check out our website for these links and more. If you like the podcast, subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell your friends, join us on Facebook and in the Fictional Boyfriends group where you'll get to interact with best-selling authors that we've had on the show 
as well as the not yet bestsellers and learn who our next author will be. Links for all of those groups will be in the show notes. I'm Izzy. And I'm Becca. And thanks for listening and happy reading. Happy reading. Wanna hear you go?